ultimately, I'm going to keep saying it, get 1% better every day. Just get a little bit better every day. Hey, welcome back. Another episode of 1% Better. I'm Stephen Holder here with Zach Kiefer. And it is, what, week five is in the books. And we will not forget week five. <laughs> Zach, ugh. yeah, maybe we should. 32-23, the Colts fall to the Cleveland Browns. Not a shocker they lost this game. I thought it was going to be a tough game. We knew that this was kind of a, a toss-up sort of contest. I thought that that was the case all the way around. But uh, so, so not surprised they lost this game. What I am surprised or concerned about or whatever you want to, however you want to describe it, is, is how they lost. And we will certainly get into a lot of factors, but I think the headline today as we all know, and has been since Sunday afternoon, is Phillip Rivers, veteran quarterback, 17-year veteran, making a few plays yesterday that did not look like those of a 17-year veteran. And it cost the Colts. So I'm going to oversimplify this. (laughs) At the risk of oversimplifying, I'm going to say this. The Colts lost by nine. Phillip Rivers cost them nine points. I mean, you know, it's not rocket science necessarily, but... uh, I do think there's something there. It, it was just it was just a dreadful performance. Um, let me say this, Zach, or ask you this. Okay. Philip Rivers threw 20 interceptions last year. So the fact that he has five interceptions in five games, not a stunner probably. But did you think or expect it might be different in this environment? Different coaching. Yes. Offensive line. Different situation, team, environment. Are you surprised in any fashion? Yeah, I'm surprised and disappointed and a little concerned. If I'm a Colts fan, I'm concerned because this quarterback has not proven that he is a step up from Jacoby Brissett. Look, everything was set up for Phillip Rivers in Indianapolis. Everything. And we've written about this and we've talked about this since April. The guy comes in, he gets to play behind a great offensive line. He's got great weapons around him. And look, we can't you know forget the fact that Marlon Mack's out. And Michael Pittman's out and Paris Campbell is out. That hurts. Those guys are playmakers that make Phillip Rivers' job easier. And I don't know if T.Y. Hilton is, is the same player he used to be as well. But they didn't need Phillip Rivers to be an MVP candidate. They just needed him to be better than Jacoby Brissett. They just needed him to be a pretty good game manager. I hate using that word, but that's fine. And it's not a knock on Phillip Rivers. Correct. They didn't pay him $25 million to come in and make the rookie mistakes he made yesterday and literally single-handedly lose them a game. They could have won. They held Baker Mayfield to two completions in the second half. They got a touchdown on a kick return. They didn't let they didn't let Cleveland score a point. You know, besides, you know, the defense didn't let them score a single point. And they lost by nine. Like, tell me how that's possible. It's because the quarterback was terrible and his decisions were terrible and let me ask you this when you're watching the game the Colts get the ball like they, the defense just kept giving them chances did you ever sit there and think this is the time they're going to punch into the end zone I just never had that confidence because I don't have the confidence in that particular quarterback that's a good point you know and I, I really think that throughout these last few games now things went well for them right they won three in a row after that sort of yeah, in Dominant fashion. Jacksonville. Yeah, and they, they were very decisive wins. I thought even in Chicago, where that was not on the scoreboard a big win, it never felt like the Bears were ever going to win that game. I, I thought the Colts were in control of that game. So we never had to see Phillip Rivers really take the game by the horns. 
and really take control and, and have to assert himself. He didn't have to do that. Right, I mean, he was kind of a sideshow. Let's be honest. He made some good plays. Complimentary. I'm not taking that away. Yeah, he was good. Right. He didn't need right. to be anything special. I mean, you didn't see me ripping Philip Rivers in the last three weeks, but at the same time, right? Where was what was asked of him? Right. It was not this. This was not what was asked of him. So the question still remained. Four weeks into the season, we still had this question. Okay, what if? Because there's going to come a time. When the quarterback has to make plays. And we knew that was a problem with Jacoby Brissett. We always knew that. And that did catch up to them last year, right? We knew that Jacoby probably was not the guy who could go out there and take control of a game and win a shootout or, or whatever the case might be. And But again, we never expected that. <laughs> okay, that was, that was understood. The quarterback retired. It is what it is. They were doing the best they could. And Jacoby got probably as much as he could out of the situation. It's different when you go get a guy and you pay him what they did. It is. And and look, it this ain't isn't my plan money. B. This I, is plan yeah. A. Look, I could give a shit about the money. It ain't mine. That's Jamerce's problem. However, that money says something about expectations. That's that's where I think money matters in sports because I think fans get too caught up in money, right? Don't worry about it. Unless it's a cap issue and all that. I, I get all that. That part I get. But unless it's hindering your team from from being successful, who cares what they make, right? It doesn't matter. However, that money does say something about what what that team expects from that particular player. And it speaks to how much they were willing to do to move on from Jacoby from a starting role, right? Sure. You don't pay yep. a guy twenty five million dollars if you if you like the they're paying Jacoby twenty million for God's sake. They're paying forty five million dollars for two quarterbacks. And they've got one of the worst quarterback situations in the league. They're getting the worst quarterback play. I should I should amend that. But that's, that, that's the reality, that man. Way. I got the numbers to back it up, too. All right, well, let's hear them. Let, let's, let's go into the numbers because sometimes, look, us saying the things that you already know probably don't help you that much. So let, let's put some numbers to them. Yeah, I mean, 17.6% of their drives are ending in touchdowns. That's 29th in football. You know where that puts yeah. them? This is a this is a Frank Wright coach team. He's an offensive guru and, and a quarterback. You're paying 25 million. They're 29th in 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 finishing drives with touchdowns. That puts them next to Washington and Cincinnati. Washington's played 15 quarterbacks this year, and Cincinnati has a rookie and no talent around him. Um, they are only scoring touchdowns in 42 percent of their red zone drives, which is the same spot, 29th in the NFL. That's not good enough. And that's not just Phillip Rivers. That's Frank Reich as well. Um, but I think, and I think the fans out there might be able to sort of, you know, commiserate with me on this. Like, you know, you grow up, you watch Peyton Manning, you go, and then you watch and you cover Andrew Luck. And, and it's sort of ingrained in me that no matter how bad a quarterback plays in three quarters, you always have a chance with guys like that. And sort of it's, it's ingrained in me that you can always find a way. It doesn't matter if you play like absolute crap for, for three and a half quarters. There's always a chance. I didn't feel like that yesterday at all. I felt like Rivers was going to throw another pick. I felt like it was in his head. And so that's a hard thing for a team to sort of come to grips with because when you have a guy that can always do it, you always believe. At what point does the locker room start to think, I don't know if this guy's the guy for us right now because he's straight up hurting them. Bobby Okariki and Anthony Walker played their ass off yesterday, you know, and Isaiah Rogers, 101 yards right when they needed it. 
and Rigoberto and Rodrigo were terrific as well. Every part, and this is what I wrote, every part of this team is 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 clicking except for the offense. And it starts with the quarterback. And I'm afraid the offense and the quarterback are going to hold this team back again like they did late last season. So here's a good contrast, right? Let's look at Baker Mayfield, who I think is a another sort of lightning rod quarterback, right? A guy who who has a lot of scrutiny on him. Yeah. And, and sometimes he comes through, sometimes he doesn't, right? So similar in some ways, but obviously a very different type of player. But anyhow, it, it was an interesting contrast yesterday. Here you have Baker Mayfield, who I think had a great first half. In the second half, I mean, he basically got dominated by the Colts' defense. But in the first half, he made some plays. Now, I thought the defense did its job mostly, but they just really outplayed them on a couple of plays, right? Those receivers made just sensational catches. Baker was really good outside of the pocket. Inside the pocket, which is where they kept him in the second half, he was two for nine for 19 yards. Right. So so what I'm getting at, though, is like I saw Baker Mayfield yesterday make some plays. I'm like, okay, that's a special type of play, right? And I don't think I have seen that at all this year from Phil Rivers. Now, he has made some plays, and he has made some accurate throws down the field. I mean, yesterday alone, he had a 36 and a 34-yard play. Really good throws. Can't ignore those. Right. So because – but what enables him to do that is his vision – his anticipation, his timing, things like that. You didn't at mention this point, his arm. Right. So what's not allowing what 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 is not the source of those plays is his physical ability at this point. It is diminished. There's no question. It is diminished. And I have been tiptoeing around this for a very long time. Frank Reich won't touch it. Okay. No. He won't even touch it. We should get he won't that. even acknowledge it. But damn it. It's obvious the guy is physically diminished. Now, that doesn't mean he can't win games or can't help them win games. I mean, Peyton Manning was a was a corpse when he won a Super Bowl, okay? That was amazing. He was, was dead on the field. He couldn't throw the ball anywhere. <laughs> now, he also had an amazing defense, right, with maybe the, pa- the best pass rusher of his generation yeah. playing at the top of his game, right? Colts don't quite have that. So... But again, they're not. The Super Bowl is not the goal. I think the, the goal is get to the playoffs, be competitive, see what happens. So on a smaller scale, the Colts could do that, right? They could they could sort of mirror what the Broncos did that year if the quarterback just doesn't get in the way. And I think that's what yes, that's what Peyton did so successfully that year was he wasn't the reason they lost. All he has he, to do is he not wasn't the reason lose. they won either. Yeah, but no, he doesn't need to be the reason they win. Rivers needs to be the reason they don't lose, which is what he was in Chicago. He wasn't good in Chicago. He missed some throws. He was good against Minnesota and New York, but you're exactly right. Everything is set up around him to where all he has to do is not lose them the game. I felt coming out of yesterday's game, I know that he made some plays, that his mistakes lost them the game. The nine points, it's it's an even comparison, but... You just cannot make those mistakes. Those were mistakes rookie quarterbacks make. That was the difference yesterday. I I just will not hear any other argument because that position is that important. You have the ball in your hands more than anybody else, and you can't make those mistakes. I mean, it was those were killer mistakes yesterday. So there's there is an argument that I've heard um, means that means Twitter. Um, <laughs> there's an argument that I've heard, and it has some validity, right? That they were down 10 points 
quarterback's trying to make a play. Yeah, you're you're right. Okay. However, here's the thing. You have a defense that has earned some some credibility, I think, over the last few weeks. So you, I don't know that going out there and playing hero ball on the first possession of the third quarter is what you want to do, right? And to be honest, I don't think the deficit really comes into play here. The fact of the matter is, what is there, 12 minutes to go in the third quarter, and he stares down T.Y. Hilton on that out route. For like 25 seconds. <laughs> I mean, everybody in the stadium saw it. Everybody in the stadium knew where the ball was going, and Ronnie Harrison knew where the ball was going. <laughs> and then he went 47 yards the other way. Yep. So what I'm getting at is uh, there's a couple things. Number one, I don't know what's happening with him in terms of his, his recognition or just his – his savvy sometimes it just seems he seems to lose it. At other times, he has so much of it. Right? He knows he can he can see things before they happen. And then in other situations like that, it's like, dude, did you lose your mind? So that's one thing. And then the other thing is this goes back to what I said about the physical situation, his his physical state. Maybe five or six years ago, you can get that ball out there, even though the defensive back knows it's coming. Right. Now that ball is gasping for air getting out there. And so now it becomes sort of a Peyton Manning situation where it's like you had to know your limitations. I think that's a factor too. And and I don't know that he understands that. Or I mean it's gotta be hard, right, to acknowledge yeah. that. And you you think I mean listen, the guy's thrown for like sixty million yards in his career, right? Do you think he thinks he has limitations? No. You know, he didn't get there by thinking he wasn't good enough, so right. I don't know how you get around that. I don't know how you fix that. Uh, I, I guess it's going to have to be the play calling, but but I think he's already. I think Frank Reich is already acknowledging that with his play calling. So I don't know. Uh, this is this is a conundrum for the Colts. Let's so let's shift into Frank Reich because Frank Reich yep. is not absolved of blame here. Yep. Um, the offense is a mess. That's that's him. He's the offensive guy. He's the quarterback coach. He's the head coach. I mean, he's plays. the guy who who took Nick Foles to the Super Bowl for, for crying out loud. This right? is what Frank said yesterday. So we kind of he kind of beat around the bush and Rivers and oh the safety was my fault and then the interception was bad. But I thought he played pretty good. So I came back to him later in the press conference and I said, Frank, I just got to ask you this: is is this team getting what it needs from the starting quarterback? He said, yes, Phillip is playing really good football. That's the least of my worries. Phillip is playing really good football. You're going to have mistakes when you get in situations like that. I know he'd want the interception back, but the, safe, the safety, like I said, is on me. You take that away and you get that one mistake. In my mind, that was the big factor. I just don't agree with that. And I understand that Frank's defending his guy, and that's that's an admirable quality in a head coach, and he did it last year with Adam Vinatieri. But like Chris Ballard always says, Chris Ballard always says this when we talk to him, whether it's on the record or off. He says, you watch the same games we do. Did that yep. quarterback yesterday play good football in your mind? <laughs> there's like, come there's on. no way. Like, there's no way you can describe it as such, right? I'm I mean, not. I mean, I'm dumb in a lot of ways, but I'm not that dumb. Right. I was born at night, not last night, right? I mean, we could, we could yeah. do this all day, right? Right. Uh, listen, here, here's one thing I would add, too. I think that what Frank Reich said about the safety, for example, he's right, okay? That was a terrible call. Yes. <laughs> However, both things can be true, okay? The play can be bad, and the execution could also be bad. 
<laughs> okay? Or the decision can also be Are bad. you Listen. paying Philip Rivers for execution? Are you paying right. him to be smarter? Are you paying him to just be the veteran guy that doesn't make the plays that get you beat? He made two of them yesterday, and they literally got you beat. Let me ask you this. So you've been in the NFL 17 years. You've seen every every conceivable coverage, every conceivable situation. Uh, how many times has Philip Rivers been backed up inside his own five-yard line, right? I mean, a million times, right? You've so got to know. Been through this before. You've got to know. You've got you Miles Garrett. you got Miles Garrett against LaRaven Clark. That should be top of mind, right? There's nothing more important than knowing that situation. <laughs> now, I get that there's a lot going on, right? And it's a slow-developing play. What is Frank Craig thinking? I don't know. But, again, Miles Garrett, LaRaven Clark. And God bless LaRaven Clark. He battled. Okay? He was okay. I mean, Garrett didn't take over the game. He's... But it was what it was, man. You know what I mean? Like, we knew that was going to happen. Exactly. Because he's LaRaven Clark. He's not Anthony Costanzo, right? I mean... So, <laughs> let me ask you this. And this this is a conversation we can have. And we'll ask Frank this later today, but we know the answer. Rivers is not on the hot seat. They're not going to move to Kobe Brissett. They have faith in Rivers. Mm-hmm. What's it going to take? Because I think, look, let's be honest, they're going to play Cincinnati on Sunday. They're probably going to beat the Bengals convincingly, and, and maybe Rivers is going to look better. But at what point does this become an issue? You know, because, you know, in talking to people inside the organization back in the summer, it was like, look, Rivers is going to make mistakes that drive us crazy. They knew this was going to happen. They watched the tape. They also knew he was going to take chances and make plays that win you games. That's what right. we have not seen. And I think you nailed it in your story this morning where you basically wrote, all we've seen so far is a guy that's good enough to win when the defense plays lights out, but isn't good enough to do it by himself. Are the Colts going to need him to do it by himself? A couple times, very likely. They're going to see Aaron Rodgers in a couple weeks. They're going to see Lamar Jackson in a couple weeks. And at this point, it's really hard to have confidence in the Colts quarterback situation. Yeah, so all right, uh, let's say they beat Cincinnati and God hope. I hope they do because my goodness. So what that would put them at four and two. Is that the buy after that? I believe. Yeah. yeah. So then so, you get the buy. Then so you go to Detroit. To the buy. Yeah, Detroit, and then it gets interesting, right? Um, so I guess what I'm saying is this was their opportunity, and and they're sort of wheezing into this, you know, this this midway point here, uh, going into week six, where. I mean, they're they're facing questions right now that we didn't anticipate at all. I don't think we ever expected Philip Rivers to have sort of this, you know, a phenomenal season necessarily. I thought he he might. I I certainly thought he would make a lot more plays than he has, but I didn't think it would be just you know mind blowing. But I thought it'd be solid, right? So now what you have instead of that is you have not a solid quarterback situation. The offense is absolutely dreadful. They it's a, it's four, hard to watch, man. They have two offensive touchdowns in the last two games. It's hard to watch. Two. Two offensive touchdowns in the last two games. So we'll have to talk to Frank Reich later today, but I, I agree with you. Some questions are in order. And the quarterback situation is what it is. As you said, it's not going to get better. So here's the deal. Frank has to figure this out. The running game is completely lacking in creativity right now. Yeah. The offensive the offense in general I think lacks creativity. You had a situation yesterday, this is I cannot understand this obsession with Trey Burton. Yeah. I don't understand it. One target you to Moelle Cox and no targets to Jack Doyle. 
No that's catches what I was gonna get between to. the two This of is them. supposed to be a tight end-centric offense, and yet the tight end who's playing better than all of them doesn't get the football? I'm sorry. I get these it. are fundamental, basic things that during the week you should be planning for. And so if you're game planning for your best players to touch the ball, I'm sorry, Mo Ali Cox is one of your better players right now. So how he doesn't touch the ball, that's your fault, head coach. That's your fault. Yeah. I'm sorry. There's just no other way around that. I love Frank Reich, and I think this guy is smart. I think he's sharp. And 2018 was the freaking proof. All right? You cannot have watched 2018. I get that he had an incredible quarterback. I get that. And Andrew Luck. You may have heard of him. But you cannot have watched 2018 and think that Frank Reich is an idiot. <laughs> okay? All right? Because he put some incredible stuff on tape. Yeah. The beauty of it was, and they know this inside the building, Luck wasn't amazing. That year, I mean, he, he wasn't like an MVP at the end of the year. He didn't have to do that much at the end of the season. It was a actually lot a really that, efficient season, which is what yes, they needed. It yeah. was it was a lot of things, but it goes back to what you mentioned. Reich was calling up plays at a incredible clip. I mean, he was leaving defenses absolutely confused on the field. Defenses did not have an answer, and it wasn't because Luck was playing out of his mind. He was good. But it was it was Reich, it was the line, it was the run game, and it was the quarterback. And right now, what do you have going for you? Run game, taking a huge step back. The line hasn't been that good. I mean, I've got the proof, too. They're 29th in the league in terms of giving their quarterback time to throw. Rivers only has 2.53 seconds right now, and that's, that's not good. That's regression. So the receivers are banged up. T.Y. hasn't been the deep threat he, he once was. I don't know if Rivers can throw it. That far in these kind of games, I think Rivers no, is a factor. Yeah, I think Rivers is a factor in Ty's regression. Now, Ty is also a factor, but I also think Rivers is a factor. Yeah, and so it's it, you know this the quarterback play affects everything, and that's what it boils down to. I mean, look at the running game, right? I think if you're a defense, are you really worried about Philip Rivers beating you right now? No, you're not. No. So what are you going to do? I know how the Colts are going to beat me. They're going to win by running for 150 yards. That's exactly That's how I lose to the Colts. What the problem was in in 18 for defenses. How were the Colts mm-hmm. going to beat you? They could do yep. it on the ground. They could put up 150 like they did in the playoff game against the Texans. They can do it with Eric Ebron. They can do it with TY. They can do it with Andrew. Now, how the Colts going to beat you? They don't know. They don't even know cuz nothing's working. What's their go-to? What's their bread and butter right now? Yeah, it what is it? Yeah, that should that, that answer should be readily available. There, yeah, we, you should know that answer, but we we can't answer that. Yeah, the bread and butter that, is is Rigoberto. Excuse me, it's Rodrigo. It really he's is. done a great job in the kicking no, game. No, it's sometimes it's sometimes Rod, it's sometimes Rigoberto too. Right. <laughs> Punning. I mean, you know, I mean, it's hey, sad. Rodrigo's leading the league in, in points. Good for him. But that's also an indictment of the offense not putting the ball in the end zone in the right. red zone. That's that's a huge indictment. So. I didn't think we'd get to the point where the offense is the problem, but the offense is the freaking problem. So let's transition to a different quarterback issue. And this is going to be characterized as getting way ahead of ourselves, but screw it. There's no rules. It's our podcast. Right. So (laughs) the long-term picture at quarterback is very interesting. Interesting because there's no freaking answer, really. That's why it's interesting. But here's I want to I want to set this up by saying a couple of things first before you you chime in. Um, number one, I don't. I think you already said this too. I don't think Jacoby Brissett really is a factor here because I don't mean in the long term. I mean let's talk short term real quickly. In the short term, because I got these questions too. Is yeah. Jacoby a better answer right now? 
uh, he maybe he is, maybe he isn't. I don't know, but it ain't happening. Okay, it's not happening right now. It ain't happening. Right. Like it, it, have it doesn't matter how many pe- how many tweets people send. It's not happening right yeah. now. It, it would have to get a lot worse. This is not a Dwayne Haskins situation. No, it's not happening. Okay. Uh, they rolled out the red carpet for this guy. They gave him $25 million. And Frank Reich is extremely personally invested in this. Okay. So it's not happening. That's number one. Number two, there was a thought in Frank, Frank Reich's mind that this was a two-year sort of situation. Now, there's a long way to go, that but has that is not necessarily the way this is looking right now. So, <laughs> as I sit here today, as we sit here in October of 2020, the year of our Lord, uh, where is the Colts quarterback situation long term? How, how do you feel about it? Are you, are you optimistic? Are you terrified? <laughs> how, how should the fans feel? The fans should be worried. Because there's no plan. I mean, and Chris Ballard knows this, and he also knows it's the most important thing on his plate at the moment. You've got stars and Darius Leonard and, and Quentin Nelson and all those guys that you're going to pay. But this is there's nothing more important than figuring this out. And you know whose name I got heard? I heard thrown around a lot yesterday. It was Jacob Eason. And Jacob Eason's not going to play. He, I mean, Jacoby Brissett's going to be the guy if, if they make that move, which I don't know if they will. Um, but, you know, Jacob Eason's not even getting reps in practice right now you know like they don't know anything about guy. i mean he, he's got a great arm he's looked good in in training camp but we, we still got a ways to go they've intentionally downplayed eason i think i think ballard has been pretty obvious in the fact that he doesn't want the hype to exceed the performance for eason now if he's the guy great but he's gonna have to earn it and it's still a long way to go but look jacoby's a free agent at the end of the season so is rivers we've got 10 games, you know, 11 games to go. We'll get a much more clearer picture then. But, you know, all along, I thought the, this is the Colts playing in their heads. Rivers comes back for another year. I thought if it went well, they'd bring Rivers back for one more year. I thought they'd let Jacoby go in free agency, let him see if he can find a team and become the starter there. And they'd move up East into the backup role. Now, you absolutely have to consider is Rivers coming back the best thing for this team? Because if he's going to play like he did yesterday, that's an easy answer. No. Yeah. And I thought it, it had the potential on paper and theoretically to be a really good situation. You know, a, a Rivers playing in 2021 at a, you know, at an acceptable level, Jacob Eason handling all the scout team reps and, and getting some of the, the backup reps in practice, learning and, and, potentially taking all of that in that on paper and in theory sounds like a good situation as long as the rest of the team is doing its job and they're competitive and you know moving towards something right that that sounds feasible but as you sit here today it's hard to even envision that and that's the problem so yeah i i do think i, I know one game should never prompt these kinds of overreactions like it changes your entire future like that's crazy of course however i don't think we've seen anything so far to suggest that Philip Rivers is a sure thing for 2021. So no, I think haven't. his no. performance so far has arguably reset the entire the entire uh, quarterback progression here because they thought they bought themselves two years. And yeah. I don't know that that's the case. And I think Philip, excuse me, Chris Ballard, Chris Ballard may be, may be the smart guy here because – he is really, I think, the guy who, who decided that one year was really the way to go. And Philip Rivers was fine with it. Don't get me wrong. 
But the one-year contract, I don't think Chris Ballard was signing up for two years. Not no, now. That not was initially. a sticking point. That was that yes. they were not they were not breaking on that. The Colts were not going to bend on two years. Yeah. They were going to go one, which gives and that the was team the right a, thing. Which is do. why you, you know you had to pay him twenty five. It was twenty five million all guaranteed, right? So right. That's a huge, huge you know pile of money, but. And maybe Jacob Eason is the guy, and maybe he just needs one year to learn the NFL game, and maybe he's ready to step in and, and you know make some mistakes next year. But heck, I've seen his arm in practice. You've seen his arm in practice. It's not what you saw yesterday from Philip Rivers. But I think you made a good point. Like, look, we're going to talk to Frank Reich at four o'clock today, and he's going to say I need to be better. He's going to say Rivers needs to be better. He made some mistakes, and we need to clean this up. Um, they're not going to panic. It's one of their better qualities. This this. You know, regime. They're they're going to stick with it. They were terrible in Week One in Jacksonville, and they responded play, by playing terrific football over three weeks. Um, Rivers has done some good things. He's hit some throws. Um, the players have raved about his ability to get them in the right sets. Um, that being said, the offense is terrible right now, and this needs to get fixed because you're going to be playing much much better opponents in November and December. I do think that Chris Ballard may have to get creative with the quarterback situation after this season. Um, and, and you know, okay, in his heart of hearts, he's having this same conversation with himself because Chris Ballard is obsessive and he's always thinking about the now, the here and now, but also always thinking about tomorrow, right? right. So you can't tell me he's not already thinking this. He's absolutely, he and his scouts are already talking about this. I would bet my mortgage, okay, they're already having this conversation internally. What do we do? What is our plan? What are our options, right? They have to be thinking about this. Now, what I'd say is, you know, he got creative a couple of, he's been creative in, in many situations, I think. And you look at the Buckner trade and how they filled that huge hole and how that has paid off. Right. You know, so I think being aggressive and, and making aggressive moves have, have been kind of a, a low-key hallmark of Chris Ballard's yeah. tenure. I mean, the, the Quentin know? Nelson trade, right? You move back to 36, that's bold. His that's splashiest damn. moves have paid off. And it may come a time after this year, after this season, there may come a time when it's time for another one of those moves. And I don't know what it is. I mean, you know, I, we've seen all the speculation. It's fun, right, to, to think about these things like, oh, well, you know, maybe Adam Gaze sucks and maybe Sam Darnold is a diamond in the rough. They can... Make a deal, right? When they get <laughs> when they get their quarterback next year, I, I don't know. I mean, it's not far fetched, but I think everything has to be on the table. I think they have to consider all the possibilities because, because nothing is more important. Yeah, this team is I, is, is too you. good. This team is built too well to have the quarterback. And this is what I wrote: it's too well rounded, too deep, too good on defense, too good on special teams to have a quarterback handicap you, which is what happened yesterday. And it's it's you know it's one. Game and I think the Browns are pretty good. Like I don't want to play the Browns. Like yeah, I, that defense is pretty good. Baker's good out of the pocket. The receivers made some unbelievable plays yesterday. Like respect the Browns, man. They're four and one. They're good. But Rivers can't make plays that beat the Colts. You can't have that from the quarterback spot. That's not what you're paying him all that money for. And I think it's going to be a pretty uh, a rough film session today because I think this team knows how much good they did yesterday, and there was good. I mean. That kick return was unbelievable. Like the timing of that play, Bobby Okariki making an interception with a club on his hand, Anthony Walker playing his butt off, um, Kenny Moore making plays, Buckner making plays, Grover Stewart making plays. Defense gave this team every chance to win in the second half, and the offense couldn't get it done. So I think that's going to be the biggest regret they have 
we'll see how we'll see how Rivers responds next week. But until we see him really light it up and really scare a defense, we're going to have that question. Yeah, and it's kind of interesting as you were talking. I thought about this, and tell me what you think. You know, during Andrew Luck's career, we often talked about how they wasted a generational talent, and they did, right? And it's going to be one of the sadder chapters in this franchise's history, <laughs> to be yeah. honest with you. Even though there was a lot of good in there, it's also, you know, it's also kind of sad, right? Yeah. And I think what we're seeing now is a little bit of a version of that, but it's turned on its head. We're seeing a team that's pretty good throughout. But yeah. the quarterback situation is it's what is your story, right? The quarterback situation now is is undermining the team. And it's just so ironic <laughs> that it is. here we are. It's brutally ironic. It's so harsh, right? And and as a fan, I feel for you fans because you went this is what you wanted, right? Man, if we could just stop somebody on defense. Man, if we could just, you know, get things together on special teams. And although the kicking game was good, but I mean now they've got, you know, they're they're covering, they're returning, they're kicking it well. I mean, they're doing the whole gamut, right? Uh they they've they've run the ball better than they have, certainly I think during the the luck years at times. Although this year has been a little bit of a struggle, but man, they miss Marlon Mack. Yeah, they but, miss he. He was the big play hitter that they don't have right now. Jonathan Taylor has yeah. been good, but they miss Marlon Mack. There, you you could tell yesterday, no question. So, but in summary, it's just it's really really sad that this whole problem they once had uh, has finally been solved, and now it's been turned on its head. It's so, but that's the NFL, I guess. Right, you're always searching for the last piece. It just so happens that piece right now happens to be the quarterback, and that's <laughs> that's the toughest one to fill. But but you're you're never you're never all the way there, you know. There's always going to be something missing, and that's why the job is so hard. The job of building a team is so hard because you're there is no such thing as a complete team, and and don't we know it, <laughs> you know? Uh, I want to talk about the defense just a little bit. I don't think they are the main subject today, but it was an interesting game for defense, and and I thought we have to also point out that they were missing Darius Leonard and and I think that's a huge huge loss right but but I think they I think they settled down and they played pretty good defense when it mattered um so what are your thoughts I mean what stood out to you I thought I'll tell you what stood out to me I thought that the pass rush it's not consistent enough right that's that's going to be an issue they have to figure out but the one thing I loved was the coverage was really good. I thought there were a couple of issues where where guys got lost and and receivers were wide open. But I thought the corners really played aggressively and made the Browns have to work, man, to get those balls completed. And some of them they did. But right. damn it, they had to work. Uh, what were your big takeaways on defense? Most encouraging, and this is something Colts fans have been driven crazy about over the years, is not making halftime adjustments, right? They just come out and do the same stuff they did in the first half. It was a hallmark of Chuck Pagano's defenses. You can't argue with this on Sunday. I mean, they just absolutely changed the way they played. And I don't think the scheme was was completely altered, but they kept Mayfield in the pocket. And I was, you know, I spent the day with the radio crew, Matt Taylor and Rick Venturi, and Venturi is great because he's like, in the pocket, this guy's average. And you saw that in the second half. Average at best. He was two for nine with two picks. And in the first half, he was carving them up, mainly when he would roll out. They had designed those rollouts, both left and right. And Baker was really good. And you have to just 
give credit where credit is due. I mean, Jarvis Landry made some circus catches. Odell Beckham made some circus catches. So defense wasn't bad on those. But, you know, at the end of the day, did the defense give you a chance to win the game? I think they did, especially after halftime with those turnovers, keeping points off the board. Um, you know, I, I, I still like this defense. They're not going to be number one in, in every category like they were last week and the weeks before. Um, but they're going to be in the top five in every significant defensive metric. And that's, you know, that's something I think that's going to hold for the rest of the year if they can keep this up and they can get Darius back. But, man, it's just you don't want to waste a great defensive season because you can't score in the red zone. Yeah, and look, in the end, the defense gave up a couple touchdowns. I mean, that's what we're yeah. talking about here. Yeah. You gave up two touchdowns. That's pretty right. normal in the NFL, right? You're going to give up 14 to 20 points a game for you know most, most weeks. Yeah, so I mean, I, I think at the end of the day, that's good enough, right? I mean, I saw same thing last week, right? I think the the Bears had one one offensive touchdown, right? I mean, they had the one touchdown, and I think the rest were field goals. So, yeah, I mean, one more do you want, man? They've given up three touchdowns in two games, and if you go back the last four games, it's not very many either. So, I think at the end of the day, that's what it's about. It's about keeping them out of the end zone. You don't want you don't want to give up field goals necessarily, but you'll take field goals, right? And so I was, they're keeping teams out of the end zone. I don't know. I was to else. the point yesterday where I said they're yeah, gonna they're, need not just an interception of Mayfield, they're gonna need to turn it into six. They needed to pick six. Mm-hmm. Because I didn't think the Colts were able to do that on offense. That's where you're at. And it wasn't totally out of the question because they've done it so often in the last couple of weeks. But um props to Matt Eberfuss and the defense. I thought they played pretty well after the half yesterday. Um, but who, I mean, it felt like that was the only chance they had to score. Yeah. My nitpick on defense is third down defense. Uh, they've been pretty good uh, yesterday, yesterday. Not as good. Not Not as good. Uh, first half six out of nine, uh, for the Browns converting six out of nine on third down. I think for the game, they were, I believe, uh, nine of like 17. So it definitely got better. Uh, but yeah, gotta, gotta tighten that up a little bit. So I think if they do that, that's a different game defensively. It, it wouldn't have left that taste in your mouth in the first half that the Browns were making a bunch of plays because a lot of those plays came on third down, so that's the bottom line. But that's credit to the Browns too, so that's fine. But, uh, yeah, man, it all circles back to the most important position in sports. <laughs> and I think yesterday solidified why that is, right? It, it yeah. can be important for a number of reasons, both good and bad. So, well... We'll see. On to Cincinnati, right? Yeah, that <laughs> they're, works they're coming this week. here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah. we'll see yeah, what happens. Yeah. Uh, I, I think. Look, the Colts—they still have everything they want to do is still in front of them. That's not the question. The question is, can they get there? And that's where we're at right now. So, wish I had better news for you, <laughs> but sometimes that is what it is. You don't come here for us to lie, right? You want right. Truth. I mean, I'm, I'm sure the fans are frustrated too. They are. They are. They. Uh, they've told us that in very vivid language so anyhow stay tuned uh big week i think we want to see what happens on the injury front so stay tuned the next couple days for that uh darius leonard and anthony costanzo do they get them back and uh certainly the coach coming back home hosting this week i think there are what twelve thousand fans and change allowed this week so yeah a little bit of a little bit of a atmosphere in lucas oil stadium so anyway we'll be back later in the week with episode number two for the week uh previewing the Bengals game. In the meantime, stay tuned to The Athletic. Lots of great coverage coming in our $1 special. Uh, $1 for the first 12 months. That is still available. Best special I think we've ever offered. So if you don't get in on that, I don't know what to tell you. So 
Anyway, thanks for listening. Stephen Holder with Zach Kiefer. This is 1% Better.